So, guys, as promised, we are now live. This is Michael Blevins, and, you know, feel free to jump in, folks, as you see fit. This is actually more to the point of recording the podcast, which will go up later. Um, I'm going to take this. I'm going to edit it, clean it up, because we'll probably say some stuff we shouldn't say. Probably going to swear. Well, we can swear. Okay. Swear as much as you want, bro. Okay. Go nuts. <laughs> well, you got a lot of points to make, and I want the inflection to be correct. That I, you know, sometimes you just can't get it across without a good, you know, <laughs> solid fun. adjective. It's so, crazy. whoever's here, come in, ask you any kind of questions about literally anything fitness. We don't want to get into the minutia necessarily. Get into cosmology. Yeah. We're talk about star alignment. Ooh. How that affects your bicep pump. Now we're man, this is next level <laughs> shit. I didn't know we were gonna the we quantum gonna get there. The oh quantum of gosh, purpose. I think that's where people get wrong, right? Is they're not working out for their astrological sign. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, just like just like there's there's the blood type diet, yeah. right? Where you got to eat for yeah. your blood type. Um, you need to work out and train. And to, to be fair, there's only twelve different types of working out. Only. Yeah, well, because the astrological, you either Scorpio, you bench press. It's me. <laughs> Or right. you know, you're Sagittarius and you do Zumba. What are you? <laughs> Where are you at? I'm Aquarius. So what's my, what's uh, my, what I, does that mean? I you don't have anything stored I, for that. I you do. Just made I this think shit it's up. like uh, I think you train at a bathhouse. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, water bear. No, I get it. It's clever. It's clever. It's Very clever. Good. Guys, for um, how much uh, you talk shit on hipsters? I was thinking you could put more reclaimed wood in here. We never – I've not once talked shit on hipsters. Oh, okay. Never once. I mean I, I've actually been accused of being a hipster quite a few times oh, that makes for sense. some reason. Yeah, because it know. usually goes both ways. Like the you'll have both opposite spectrums hating you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. The whole hipster thing, it's kind of it's kind of cliche and a little bit played out. I get inactive people that don't do any exercise mm -hmm. that absolutely hate what I have to say and then I get like fitness professionals who hate what I have to say. Does that mean you're doing it right? I, I if you're getting the bookends of people, <laughs> I'm getting both extremes. What would you, what would you, what are you exactly? Uh, I think my professional label is a mailroom clerk. Mm. My uh, <laughs> subtitle is overthinker. Uh huh. Um, and sometimes we do some fitnessing. I I describe what I do as I sometimes I teach people how to pick things up that are heavy and then they put them down, or sometimes they carry them. Yep. Um, sometimes they hold on to them for a long period of time. That's the the, the technical description of what I do, but man, <laughs> I don't think I have, I, I have it on my Twitter feed that my professional title is ruthless self-assessment analyst. Huh? Yeah. So whatever you think you are, uh, I analyze that. Ah, uh, I like that. That's a, that's actually, <laughs> actually an important job because we often, um, misinterpret who we are. Like our, our self-assessments are, are typically not, very accurate no um and, and you kind of need that person and yeah, as a matter of fact that um that actually kind of segues into the purpose of this group as a whole is the idea of self-assessment and having a group of people around you this league mm. to help you know either validate or rather um confirm mm. if you're correct or if you're incorrect and if you if your self-assessment is wrong how can we how can we adjust that and make it appropriate? Harsh judgment. Um, it, it depends because we're. I mean, we're talking about fitness. Um, I mean, I got my start in fitness, kind of a, a different. Most people come by fitness by, you know, they played team sports in in high school or they did something that um, they they had a reason to develop certain aspects of uh, physical ability in order to help something else. It was supportive of something else. Mm -hmm. um, I never, I never really had that. Like I, I ran track, I ran a couple, I mean, it was, a, but I quit everything cause I hated it. Sure. And so I started in martial arts and you didn't really like, that was the fitness. Like I would kick bags or, you know, in Taekwondo yeah. I'd break boards and obviously develop fitness. Um, and so there was never any, a real reason to develop fitness aside from that. And then I was into skateboarding and other marginal activities that weren't as popular as other activities. So I found it, kind of on accident, the importance of fitness was through MMA and jujitsu originally. And I noticed like, oh man, I could get seriously hurt if I can't 
stay in shape. Like, yeah, if, I can't if you breathe. get tired, yeah. right, you, you push yourself beyond that ability to continue performing at whatever level, bad things happen. And I, and I had logically been under the illusion that because I was active, because I did marginal activities, that I was fit enough to do the thing. There was nothing testing me. Yeah. Like, and even in martial arts, there was no real test. I would spar with people, which can be a test. Mm -hmm. um, but at any one point, you can be like, hey. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. And I would. Yeah. Like, I would, you know, you the, the ringer goes off and it's, you know, um, you know, five, five-minute rounds with 60 seconds break in between. But as soon as I get a little bit of that sensation, my you know brain's like, "Hey, you're a little bit tired." I would just calm down my punching and my kicking for bag work, or mm -hmm. you know, I would you know bob and weave when I got tired, and there was no real assessment of like, "Hey, you know, your brain basically reached a line that shut you down." And that that's when real fitness starts is when you overwrite your brain telling you to start. Um, and that didn't come until I uh, got involved with some folks. Um, at uh jim jones uh back in 2008 and 2009 uh, and they started asking hard questions surrounding you know the practice of mm -hmm. uh, martial arts and other things and i got involved in endurance uh sports like triathlon and, and road bike racing and the biggest aspect of those is it's all fitness which is all brain yeah and so it's you know how fast and how far can you go is the limitation is between your skull it usually has nothing to do with your lungs and heart and actual muscles. Endurance, you know, for the most part is like how much can you put up with? Yeah. And that's a constant conversation is that, that, that's when I first noticed the accurate self-assessment. Like, um, if, uh, if I lie to myself about what I'm capable of, what distance I can cover, what speed I can go, I'm not going to do very well because the road doesn't really lie. You have, how, you know, I was doing some half Ironman stuff, some Olympic distance triathlon stuff or road races. 50 miles is 50 miles. It doesn't either, matter you what you cover. think you're capable of. Sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm what we call um, optimistic extrapolation does not work. Right. <laughs> I run a mile in five minutes. Therefore, I can do 10 in yeah. 50. And, and we, we see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, it's it's math. Read about mm. it. Uh, we we do that a lot. I mean, and not just in fitness, really, but just in life in general, where mm -hmm. we we have a very small window mm -hmm. of this activity, and we do we extrapolate it and just assume. And and I think that that gets us in trouble because when we actually finally get to the point where we do that, we are so utterly behind that power curve and our expectations mm -hmm. that it's that it's soul crushing. And I think you know, as we apply this to a lot of the folks that are going to be listening here. Um, trying to get back into working out or some semblance of shape, which I think that the, the everyone in the world is trying yeah. to do that expectation is like, Oh, I can do, you know, I used to be able to do 50 pushups, no problem. So I can probably just jump right back into this workout that yeah. requires me to do 200 and I'll be <laughs> fine. Despite that was, you know, 20 years ago and you know, I've put on an extra 50 pounds. And so I, I think, that is a big issue of people getting them back into it is that that um, cognitive dissonance, right, between <laughs> what they think they can do and what they can actually do. There's usually a disconnect. And this is where it gets hard because if I, you know, at some point, I mean, I'll use the example of running because most people know what running feels like. Mm -hmm. um, if I've run a mile at some point in my life, my experience with that will inform my future. And that's a, not a – it's a deep-seated subject, but a lot of people don't extrapolate the importance of it. So it might be, um, you know, I want to come back to, to fitness. Mm -hmm. Man, I was a runner in high school. Like I ran a, you know, a low four-minute mile even or something mm -hmm. around those terms. Well, if I have those expectations when I come back, I'm just allowing the opportunity to be disappointed mm -hmm. and not breed a positive feedback loop so that I want to continue the process of – of getting fit. I'll just, you know, if I run a mile for time and it's in the eight minutes after I've, you know, gone through this loop, you hate yourself. I want nothing to do with it. Yeah. And I don't even <clears throat> want to do and it because I, my identity is tied up into mm -hmm. what I used to do. So a lot of the times, um, uh, people jump into fitness regimes because now I'm motivated. It's the first of the year. Yep. I'm gonna, eat 1200 calories a day mm -hmm. to you know, you lose should. all the weight. And I'm going to train three times a day because that's what, you know, my favorite mixed martial artist does. Yep. And I'm just like that. 
And despite having a full-time job and family and kids and not getting paid to train, but you know, that doesn't really matter. So they come out of this curve with velocity, right? They just want to show, if I just start and I get a whole bunch of, you know, progress right away, Mm -hmm. then I'll continue to be motivated. And what happens, they put themselves in a really bad position. They start, they don't fuel themselves properly. They don't give themselves time to adapt and then they're hurt. Yep. And then they quit because they just figure, oh, I'm, I guess I'm just not built for this anymore. Yeah. Like, well, and not just literally like physically hurt, <clears throat> but I think also mentally hurt. You know what I mean? Like it's a tough pill to swallow when you are no longer that person that you thought you were, that identity <laughs> that you have created, you know, that, that now becomes shattered for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Because, you know, look, we all get older, like things change. We're in different phases of our life. Um, I've, I've got a buddy of mine who coined this term and, and it's resetting your zero that I think is like super valuable for anyone really starting back into, into anything. I don't care if it's fitness or skateboarding. It's like, look, if you haven't picked up a skateboard in 10 years, chances are you're probably not at the same level. You have to reset yeah. that zero. Don't, don't try to take a 10 stair drop on your first day. <laughs> the, the, this kind of stuff, I mean, people wonder what the limiting factors to fitness is. Usually people say time is, and uh, and it's not like it's generally accurate self knowledge is the limitation. Mm-hmm. If I know that I I want something, I want to be leaner, I want to be healthier, I want to move around with my kids more often. Um, those things are hard to put into an algorithm that spits out a fitness program. But if I'm actually accurate and I go, okay, I'm capable of ten unbroken pushups right now, th- then I can do a couple sets of mm-hmm. ten or even eight to start building the ability to be able to do 25 unbroken. Once I get 25, maybe I move to the next thing. Chunking off little progressive goals in a positive way to start can get you to a point where you can start making actual assessments <clears throat> like, can I run a marathon? Can I do this? What am I capable yeah, of? A much, a much bigger bite to, yeah. to chew. Um, I, I think that that's, that's another issue <clears throat> that people often have is they, you know, they, they, they set their, their sights so high that mm-hmm. the notion that you're going to train three times a day, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, you really have to work up to that. I mean, you know, well mm-hmm. enough as a, you know, as, as a high level competitor, you've done CrossFit, you've done races, you've, you actually have been one of those people that have trained at that volume or that frequency. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not super achievable, right? But it's, we, I think we're afraid to, to set the bar too low to start. And, and I would submit that you almost can't. I mean, right. you almost can't start too low because you'll, have, you'll correct that very quickly. Uh, well, so on the, on the idea of velocity, when people use velocity to attain anything, they can't steer. Because it's mm. all, all, all systems go. Yeah. All engines are firing. Everything is like, oh, I got to wake up at four a.m. to crush the day. Everyone, you have to. That's right. the only way anything <laughs> yeah. gets done. Is if right. if you don't wake up at four a.m., just quit. And, and there's some there's particular people that that's, that, that's their hour. Yeah, like that's that's the time that they can get things done. <clears throat> and everybody has a busy life, and that's understandable. But that's not necessarily the only way to do it. Right. And in fact, I find that we use uh, acceleration as the tool, like. If you are accelerating, I'm adding incremental things. What can you do today that would will put you towards the right path? It doesn't have to be everything, mm-hmm. but it's noticeable. Like, can I do 20 <clears throat> push-ups a day? Yeah. If somebody says no, there's a problem with that person. Yeah. Not a problem with the – like, if somebody is too busy to do 20 push-ups a day, we have a, a different problem. Yeah. Man, I, I, I'm trying to fathom. Sure the lifestyle that, that you could not carve out. I mean, how long, literally how long would, would it take even like the, the least fit person to, to kick out 20 pushups? Uh, <laughs> 30 seconds maybe, or maybe a minute. I mean, it's a minute. If, if it's two minutes, yeah. if I mean, it took you yeah. two minutes, yeah. right? It's like, seriously, in, in 24 hours, right. you don't have two minutes. And so people will say like, well, that's not going to change me. But over the course of the day, <clears> you take, you know, four or five, sets mm-hmm. of 20 push-ups you've done 100 push-ups at the end of the week that's you know what is that 700 push-ups that's or something? a lot yeah well but the problem is though is that that you know fitness only occurs 
inside of the realm of a of a gold's gym or a plant. You right. know what I mean? Like you have no. to walk through those doors. I gotta you have can't. the nipple tank on before I start to develop myself correctly. Absolutely. The, you know, <laughs> and and no pre workout and all. There's all. Yeah, it's like out. I didn't take any pre workout, bro. I didn't. I didn't. I'm not <laughs> listening to my jam. Like I don't gotta have my headphones on. It's like to put Eminem on repeat. Do 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 do. Yeah. And then I can do my pushups. Right. The, the idea though is that we build on top of this because we deal with a lot of busy people. I mean, one of the misconceptions about you know, jobs that we've done in, in movies. Um, and a lot of these people probably don't know, maybe a little backstory. Cause <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I mean, I know, but, I, but these guys, so we train over the past 10 years, we've trained people for, I think it's 11 movies. Uh, I mean, you may have heard of them somewhere in the, in the realm of a hundred million dollar budget to, I think the biggest one was 372 million. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. People think that, you know, when you train actors for movies, and we mostly did DC films and, and stuff with Warner Brothers, a couple side projects, but for the most part, people are under the impression that when you're, you know, a celebrity and you have access to the best trainers and chefs and whatever, that suddenly it's really easy. You have all the time in the world. I mean, you now now your full-time job is getting fit, and it's like, well, guess what? You're still yeah. that actor with that lifestyle. And the easy excuse is, man, if I was getting paid to be in oh, shape, yeah, I'd be in really obviously. good shape. And the truth is, is that on these jobs, not to say that they don't have a total advantage with like having access to experts because mm -hmm. they do, but most of these people have like mini empires. We're talking like franchises, production companies of their own, other businesses, alcohol companies, like they're running a micro empire and therefore, yeah, they might be getting paid to get in shape, but they're still dealing with the constraints of the sun. Yeah, they still have 20 other balls in the air that they're juggling, right. like the rest of us, maybe exactly. even more so than the rest of us, truthfully. In fact, I would say, I mean, because when you get to a certain level, you can't just show up to a public gym. When you get to a certain level, you, you can't just do certain things. You have this perception of yourself as well. Yeah. And a lot of these people start in really bad positions because of the lifestyle that's involved in the industry. Yeah. So a lot of the times we're dealing with like, well, how do we, how do we add to this person? Like, how do we get them progress without hurting them, putting them in danger, dealing with their, their constraints of time and their families and, and their traveling. All and keep stuff. them positively motivated exactly. too, yeah. because, you know, again, like you were saying before, if you, if you put somebody under too much of a load and you crush them, sure. you're never, I mean, as a coach, you're never going to get. No, that person doesn't come back. Yeah. And a lot of the time when, I mean, when people find us and usually they're, we're known for being um, somewhat uh, extreme in our fitness views of what people are capable because we've seen human potential and we express that it doesn't matter who you are. It's inside your head mm -hmm. um, of what you're capable. Uh, uh, people find out once some of the physical things we've accomplished, they go, oh, that's crazy or I could never do that. Um, but we don't think it's extreme. We think it's normal. Those people that find us by way of extremity, like they think – you know, they're ready for it. Like mm -hmm. if you can't, you kind of knew what you were getting into yeah. when you come to our gym because you've seen stuff that we've done. You're a volunteer. When we get thrown into the ring with somebody who was put there by a third party, like a production company right. says, hey, you need to get in shape. Use these guys. That's not an easy thing to talk somebody into. Like, hey, just do this really hard effort <laughs> that makes you want to feel like you're dying. That you've never even like no. – dipped your toe in the water or come close to before. Yeah. So half of what we're doing, dealing with is selling people on the idea of fitness. Why mm. is this important? Why should I want to suffer? Why, why is it, why would I risk what feels like injury or something or, and even waste my time because yeah. I have very little of it. So uh, we're dealing on that aspect on these big jobs. And so what that has taught us to bring back to, you know, the lay person mm -hmm. is that it is very possible on a very hectic schedule even if you're not totally sold on the idea of fitness, that we can completely transform your idea of what you think you're capable. And it's just step by step. If we can show somebody that they can carve out 30 minutes to an hour a day of their day, it doesn't have to all be at the same time. If they can see progress from that, we can then talk about other lifestyle factors. Can you sleep a little bit more? Yeah. Can you like get to bed 15 minutes earlier? Can you wake up 15 minutes later? And you'll, the impact from that is so massive. It's exponential mm -hmm. because you start sleeping an extra hour a day and you're training an extra hour a day. Well, you see the benefit of that. You're going to start asking, what else can I do? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, it, it's kind of getting some small wins early on and then just continuing to compound those. And obviously, 
where and how you add those mm. wins in is the finesse, right? That's the trick. Sure. That not everyone has the capability of doing. However, I think we all have enough understanding of what it means to put in work mm. um, and to make progress. I mean, we know that in general terms, mm. 30 push-ups is better than 20 push-ups. Sure. Right. So we can measure that. And, and you know, we, you, you guys talk not about getting super caught up in the numbers, but I think you got, kind of have to have that as a framework, as a jumping off point. Well, because right? numbers will be the limitation. And that, this is why we, we kind of we're, – we're really careful with like, you know, oh, you need to back squat 100 kilos for 100 reps a day, and then people just focus on that standard. Mm -hmm. And although that, that might be useful to get you motivated – um, we come to the the side effect of those numbers or they start to dissuade people from doing other things. Because yep. once they reach the standard, like, oh, now I can – Yeah. Now I have a two times body weight deadlift. Now what? Mm -hmm. and, and the idea is that we always want to continually asking questions. So instead of giving a prescription for what you should do during the workout, we give a prescription for what kind of questions should you ask. Mm. So, And I think that's kind of the implication mm -hmm. for what we can do for our listeners because it's like, listen, guys – it, it's not feasible for us to sit here and hand you a sheet sure. with everything you need to do. And it's like, hey, Josh, you're pretty fit. I mean, you've been training for a long time. Can you give me a, a good workout or a couple of tips? And it's like, dude, I, I'd love to, but every person is so different in their circumstances. Yeah. There is no one size fits all much better than, and this is one of the main reasons why I wanted to bring you on, is how do we teach people to ask the right questions of themselves to kind of guide their own fitness, you know, sure. and seek out the right people. Cause eventually, you know, you can only guide yourself so far before you need some external input. Well, a lot of people, when they come by way of fitness, they're looking at people that they idol. Like they're looking towards people that have accomplished things or good athletes mm -hmm. or actors, even that look a certain way. And they try to backlog that to create a set. Just of tell them. me what Jason Momoa did, bro. Yeah. Totally. They just want a set of heuristics. Like, well, yeah. he can climb and he can surf and he can do this and he can do that. And, for the most part, that's on. It might be helpful in the moment, but it becomes mm -hmm. unhelpful later. So, if you're going off of a list of things to do, it's much less helpful. I mean, it falls into the parable of you know, teach a man to fish, whatever. Sure. Um, and we've heard some funny sidelines of that, but <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, we're, we're dealing with like you know, uh, what's applicable to you? Like, what is your lifestyle? Like, what what's important to you? Some people might want to be strong, mm -hmm. and therefore, what's strong to you? Is a is a seven hundred pound deadlift strong? In which case, you won't be happy until you get that right. Thing. And and fun fact, unless you've got some really good genetics and a ton of time and probably you know some some synthetic things running through your body, you they call those special sports supplements. Is that what it is? Yeah, okay, special, sorry. extra special. Yeah. Extra. So, <laughs> so again, setting the right expectations because it's like and and you know you talk about this all the time. How strong do you need to be? Yeah. You know, I mean, as a, as a fighter, like, do I need to be able to deadlift five hundred pounds once? Probably not. I mean, I think I think it would be much better to do you know half that indefinitely. Yeah, you know, and it goes both ways too. So right now, um, working with a private client on a project, and he came in with like some actual state record powerlifting numbers. Oh wow! Uh, like some very impressive feats. Yeah. And you know, fast forward, you know, twenty five years later, mm -hmm. he's broken. He has you know been through some hardship. He's uh, some life circumstance stuff, some relationship stuff, some business stuff, where he's let himself go. He's gained a lot of weight. Uh, I mean, we're down, but uh, like originally when it came, it was like, you know, 70 pounds heavier than he's ever been. And uh, I mean, a host of symptoms towards, you know, autoimmune diseases and these other things come up. Well, he comes back in, he goes, oh, well, you know, I was strong. Uh, okay, well, what's strong? And he'll tell me like that, that number is really strong. Like uh, a state record powerlifting uh, number is is legit and so therefore in my head i'm not going to teach this person to be stronger even if they're not at the time they have this image of themselves <clears throat> and i have to think like that's not an important number for like a you know 700 pound deadlift does not help you weigh less and be healthier and have less reaction to harmful foods and mm -hmm. all so in this case we're, we're just teaching him to ask better questions like, would I feel better if this happened? Like, if I had the ability to run for five miles without stopping, would that be helpful to my life? 
and in some cases the answer is no. In other cases, it's like, yeah, that's way more important than pulling a heavy bar off the leg. Right. But we associate, you know, health and fitness with certain activities mm -hmm. and then we just hold those there. So yeah. we try to remove that. And it's not that we're against heavy lifting. It's not a, that we're for endurance work. It's that the blend is correct. And people asking what is important for me to be able to do is the most important question. Should I be able to run a mile nonstop? I think most people should say, yeah, that's important. Generally speaking, yeah. yeah. I mean, when we're talking about just you know, general, in, health. In, general yeah. health in life, I mean, I think that that's a pretty, pretty strong marker indication of a healthy individual. And if you can't do that, barring some you know, serious injury mm -hmm. that, that you can't, you just can't work around. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, we should evaluate that. In which case, if you ask these questions, the activity starts to matter less and less. Mm -hmm. So if I ask good questions about, it could be anything and we're not, we're not against any methodology. If somebody really felt it was important to, um, I want to move nonstop for an hour. Well, there's lots of fitness programs that take that into account. Like you could go to Orange Theory, you could do Zumba, you mm -hmm. could do CrossFit. And and if you have the right questions, when you show up and they tell you to do something, you can refer to that question. Is this important for me to be able to do? Mm -hmm. Is it worth me risking lifting this weight or doing this thing? Yeah, and that's and, and you know, that's another thing that that um that you guys kind of talked about in the symposium is mm -hmm. And just a general idea of like, well, it's on the paper, so then I have to do it, right? And we get caught, we get yeah. caught into that where there's, you know, this is the program, mm -hmm. and it's like it's this number, you know, this percentage at this rate because this is what my coach or the paper mm -hmm. said, and and it's like, well, what is that percentage based off of? Is it a test that you took, you know, a physical fitness test where you mm -hmm. did a one rep max? Two months ago, because guess what? That number may not be valid on this particular day. Or 10 years ago. Or, or 10 yeah, years yeah. ago or whatever that is, right? And we get we get really like fixated on the black and white on sure. the paper. And I, I think that, that, we, that we get ourselves in trouble because now that person, again, goes into the CrossFit gym. That's what's on the board. Mm -hmm. My pride won't let me modify or change that even though I know deep down I probably mm -hmm. should. And now I end up getting injured or I have a bad experience mm -hmm. and the next time I, I'm, you know, planning on coming to the gym, I'm like, oh man, last time really sucked because I looked, you know, because there was a bunch of soccer moms right. that just ran circles around me, <laughs> which has <laughs> happened. It's happened to me. I, I like the, I like the, um, the concept, especially with fitness and, you know, specifically with nutrition is looking at developing skills like you would as a baker, a chef or a cook. Mm. Like these are two or three different ways of approaching. I mean, you're making, you're making food in all of them. Sure. But a baker is usually a very strict set of directions, mm -hmm. right? So if I'm lifting technically, it's probably best to approach it like something that is technically proficient. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, a cook is somebody who flavors things on the fly and makes them just go with it so that they taste good. Right. And a chef is kind of a combination of them both. Like mm -hmm. I have technical ability. Our goal should be, to put together training in a way that a chef would with like technical execution, but also knowing what I want and need on the day. Yeah. A bit of nuance, right. And, sure. and some flexibility where it's like, Hey, we don't have to adhere to this hard number. And that's, that's the hard part when you're talking to people because that, that gives the appearance of a lack of discipline. It's like, no man, I set myself out. I was going to train five days a week for mm -hmm. X amount. And it's like, well, Hey dude, guess what, man? You just had the flu and people will, will and it's like, you're not going to achieve that goal for this week. I'm sorry. Right. Or if you do, it, it almost just becomes kind of masturbatory at that point where you're just, you're not really getting anything done. You're do, working out to feel good about yourself. Right. And you have to recognize that. Uh, and there's a, there's a large difference with us between the act of exercise and training. Hmm. Exercise does not have a purpose, right? It's when people go to the gym, they just, they burn energy for And an that's hour. okay. That has a place. It totally does. Sometimes it's, it might be mental health. It might mm -hmm. be something else. Training has a purpose. I'm trying to execute from A to B. I am here and mm -hmm. I want to go here. With a specific goal in mind. And I think, you know, that's another thing that's often lacking with folks is there is no real goal. There, you know, oh, I want to look better. And it's like, well, what does that mean? I mean, yes, that's a goal, but it's so arbitrary. Yeah. Or I want to be fitter. And it's like, well, you haven't defined that term. Like, right. Uh, and, and, and fitness, to, uh, like we define fitness as the ability to accomplish a task. That seems really like generic because mm -hmm. it's a generic statement. Sure. Like it takes a different level of fitness to compete in the UFC than it takes to compete in the world's strongest man. It takes different tasks to 
you know, win the Tour de France than mm-hmm. it does to win the Boston Marathon. These, although they're endurance sports, although they take strength, they both take athletic they're ability. Very different. We're yeah. talking about worlds of different abilities, and some people have tried to classify this as like, what is the ultimate test? Like CrossFit has posed this question, and it's humbling to see how good people can get at a uh, like a broad domain of fitness, mm-hmm. but we still don't define fitness as the the ability to be like shitty at everything yeah, or or you know not fitness is not just, excellent at everything right fitness is can be specific it can be general it can be you, you know all it is is descriptive of what you are able to accomplish mm-hmm. and so when we define fitness like that being more fit should apply to your specific goal set most people want some kind of general fitness strong enough to not get hurt, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what training to be strong is all about. Yeah. It's like, you know, or, and I want to be, you know, have enough endurance to go on hikes with the family and sometimes do a 5K mm-hmm. or, you know, just not be the one that's out of breath walking around my house. Yeah. Which, I mean, that for for a lot of people, like those are very real things, you know, just being able to make it up a flight of stairs sure. or carry two bags of groceries <laughs> or all the bags of groceries of in one trip. I mean, sure. that's important. That's like a that's a very staple like right. man skill to do all the <laughs> and, and it's easy to get dissuaded by this, especially guys get into this idea that like, oh, I'm a man. I understand training. I understand like I go three sets, 10 bench press because that's what my coach did when yeah, I was in high school. High school. Mm-hmm. And that that is one aspect to it. But. Uh, understanding there's like a level of humility that goes with learning fitness stuff, which is what I think is the biggest aspect. You go to the gym, you should be totally okay looking like an idiot. Mm -hmm. And if, if you are doing movements because you're comfortable with them and that, you know, you don't feel stupid doing them, that's probably not the right movement because there's very little adaptation yeah. that comes from repeatedly doing things that we can already do. Doing the things that we're good at. Yeah. And, but the problem is no one ever wants to do this stuff. No. That, that they're not good at. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very guilty of that. And every time I come in and you, you know, highlight the fact that something that I thought I knew how to do, and I actually don't know the most efficient or proficient way of doing that. I'm like, fuck, I just want to put it on the shelf. Like, nope. Okay, fine. Just scratch that one off the list. That's not a thing I do anymore. I, we all do get caught in traps, do it repeatedly doing the things because, you know, one time it pushed the feel good button. Yeah. Like, oh man, I love deadlifting. I feel good. I can lift a lot of weight mm-hmm. comparative to other people. Mm-hmm. Don't even have to be that strong. If I can pull 400 pounds off the ground, people are somewhat impressed, yeah. but that's not that good in the first place. And it's not <laughs> doing that much good right. in the second place. So we tend to push people towards the uncomfortable. I think this. I think fitness really has more to do with being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, from a broad, broader spectrum, yeah. right? And General that, fitness. That, yeah. yeah, and that, and that again, kind of all comes back to the mental state, where it's like, hey, if you're looking, if you're looking for a guide on where to go, find find what you hate the most and do more of that. Is sure. is you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, you want a fitness program? Pick all the things that you hate. And repeatedly do them until you don't hate them anymore and then find new things to hate and do those things. And, and there's a paradox here because when you start, that's probably not what you should aim for. <laughs> Actually, like there's going to be a switch. And yeah. We use an old parable um, that sometimes they use in the military is the vest that saves you in the jungle mm. will kill you in the water. Which And there's a there's a Sufi parable that's very, very similar. It's like the the camel that got you to the house doesn't get you in the house. Like one thing that worked for one purpose mm-hmm. is not the thing that will continue to work. So yeah. people, man, when I was 20, I would just go run endlessly and not eat anything. And I was in really great shape. Dude, I, like, I was ripped. Shocked that amazing doesn't work abs. anymore, yeah. right? And, you know, the guy's like, oh, well, I would just bench or I would just squat this many times a week. And I got into great shape. Mm-hmm. And now that doesn't work. It's like, surprise, the human body is a, is a byproduct of, you know, adaptation yeah. and stress. So – People might not realize this, but if you go out and run one mile every single day, it only takes maybe one or two weeks before your body's like, yep, got it. Mm -hmm. doesn't cost me anything anymore. I've I've adapted to this level. Training has to always vary and stress has to vary. So I can't just find what works and do it. Um, And if I've never done anything before, coming in with the sole purpose of being uncomfortable doesn't make much sense. Sure. So to attach people to it, we usually say, hey, when you start, do something you like. Mm -hmm. Like, do you like riding a bike? Go ride a bike every day. If it gets you to do the thing, then it's more important. Mm -hmm. If you like running, if you like lifting weights. But eventually, you have to start asking these hard questions. What am I bad at? mm -hmm. What is Mm -hmm. missing? What do I not do? 
Yeah. Well, and, and for a lot of people, it's literally, and this is again where we get stymied, where it's like, man, what, what's, what's the workout program I should follow? And, and for most people that haven't been doing anything, it's like literally just do something. Like it doesn't matter. I mean, you can close your eyes and, and pick a point, you know what I mean? Yeah. Pull out any page of the book and follow that for a period of time and you'll probably be doing better. But we, we, you know, build this idea of that it has to be the perfect workout. Otherwise, there's no point, right? If I don't have this custom tailored design workout specifically for me to get this result, I'm just pissing in the wind. And it's like, well, literally anything is better than what you have done the past six months. Sure. You know, for, I think for the most part, yeah. for the most part, yeah. I mean, aside from injuring yourself. So a lot, and this is, this is a cool subject for, for most people that are really hard on themselves. And th this sounds like, uh, I, I'm sure your audience is, you know, people that are thinking about tough things or thinking about survival, thinking mm -hmm. about, you know, masculinity in the sense of like how to actually, um, how do I physically embody being a man? Sure. Mm -hmm. the, these are hard questions that, that come up. So people in general, especially men, they tend to ask really hard questions and then they're very hard on themselves for the answer. Mm -hmm. Fitness is no different, you know, especially when, you know, a lot of people developing fitness, it's never good enough. Yeah. Like, oh, there's always the next thing, always the next thing. And they never actually sit back and recognize the fact, well, you know what? A year ago, I wasn't doing, you know, an hour of training three days a week. Mm -hmm. That's a really good accomplishment, and I've that's a dedication that I should be proud of. No way, dude. If you're not getting up at 4 a.m. working yeah, out man. seven days a week. Well, I have only work out at 10 a.m. because that's the time I have. But the, <laughs> the, this idea that we never reflect on where we've come and where we're going will end up killing it for us. Yeah. So I think a lot of those tough things when we're saying like, oh, you need hard training. You need to ask hard questions. There's also a point where – you need to set it up so that you feel good about what you're doing and you know you're on the right path. Mm. A lot of people are just stuck with the idea if they don't train hardcore, it's not respectable. Right. But we already have so much stress in our life. Like everybody has to pay the mortgage. Everybody has to take care of the kids. Everybody has to, you know, work two jobs sometimes. Mm -hmm. You are already busy and you already have all the stresses and your brain doesn't know the difference between different stresses. Right. Sometimes going after a hard day of work and killing yourself before you go deal with your, you know, hard work at home isn't the best idea. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the gym can be the antithesis to that. Going and sitting in a sauna is the answer sometimes because it gives me five minutes to chill out, relax, think about the day. Maybe I'll, you know, do a couple push-ups here. It could be a stress relief yeah. of some sort. Um, it is not always the answer, although I think in our you know, day and age, more people need to do harder things sure. in order to get the psychological benefit. We are technically a lazy culture. Mm -hmm. We drive to work. We sit down everywhere we go. We sit down to work. Very few of us have labor-intensive jobs where our bodies are being used. In that case, hard physical work is probably a good thing that you could have. In other aspects, man, with chronic stress going through the roof, with worrying about the economy and is this going to happen and how am I going to raise my kids? The last thing you need to do is, oh, man, I need to get to the gym. Otherwise, I'm not going to be fit. I'm not going to have a six-pack and my family's not going to respect me. That's not necessarily the thing that will help. Yeah, it's a, that's super <laughs> unhelpful and, and arguably very counterproductive where I, I don't think we, we give oh, – man, it's this weird dichotomy, right, where it's like, yes – we need to push ourselves. We need to hold ourselves to a standard, right? But we also have to be able to let stuff go and acknowledge that, hey, man, we're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. You're going to have shitty days in the gym. Mm. You're going to have days that, you know what, you, you're not going to go work out, you know? There, there are going to be days where you don't want to. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, but people, I mean, I, I know guys. I mean, mm. I I was one of those guys in my in my early fighting days where it's like, Holy shit, if I miss one training day yeah. in a training camp, I didn't deserve to win that fight. Game over. In, in my mind, I'm like, oh, that dude, I, I know that dude's working harder than me. He's going to beat me, right? Because that's what, you know, the that's what I think society, I think mostly it's, I blame sports movies sure. that, 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 that cultivate that mindset. And it's like, look, man, some days, some days you just don't have it and you're actually – it's counterproductive for you to go work out. It's finding that balance of pushing yourself in the right times and knowing when to pull back. And I think for a lot of us, we have no clue how to execute that. Well, that's it. Like the training movie thing, the montage, like yeah. oh, Rocky's just fucking working with which I the will hardest, the, the hardest work ethic. I, all I day. can 
I can tell you for a fact there is zero chance that he actually ran up that entire mountain through that amount of snow. <laughs> no, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, you can ask Mark because he probably has more experience, but I don't think any human being could actually. No, and that's not usually that. how they do it anyway. They don't generally run up them, they walk quickly. Or at yeah. an efficient pace. Right. And and not just in your running shoes that yeah. you were running on the street. The idea is deep. We have to pay for every effort we, we give. There there's other cost other than the energy put into it. Like if I put an hour into hard training and I don't put multiple hours into recovery from that hard training, mm -hmm. I'm never gonna reap the benefit. I'm just gonna be beat down. Yeah. Um and that idea of like you know, constantly I'm working. So I work harder than anybody. Uh, we have this perception in sports and in fitness that like, oh, it's just hard work. It's a meritocracy. Mm -hmm. If that person isn't fit and has a six pack, they don't work hard, but that's not how it works. No. And that's not how the economy the, works. The, the economy doesn't care. The sport doesn't care. It, I mean, some of the best performing guys, mm -hmm. and it took me years because mm -hmm. I would see these guys and they'd win, you know, state championships in, in wrestling and, and NCAA championships mm -hmm. and in place. And, and I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, man, I work harder than that guy. I've seen that guy. I put up more weight yeah. in the, in the, in the weight room. You know what I mean? That guy can't squat from shit. Yeah. I 2x his 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 one rep max. Like I should be but it but it, again, it's not it's not a meritocracy. There's no there's no bonus points for circus tricks right. in this world. And they're like if it was just about hard work, railroad workers would be the richest people on the planet cuz they work undoubtedly harder than most people. Right. But it's not like that. Like they in in fitness is no different. There is a level of hard work that needs to happen. You need to show up. Mm -hmm. You need to be present. You need to give physical effort when it's required and when it's intelligent to do so. But fitness is more or less about developing the sensitivity, intelligence to know when to work hard. Mm -hmm. And 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 that I mean, obviously, there like I said, there, there's nuance to that that is very very difficult for people. And I think you know to go into it and just expecting to know that right off the bat is is kind of naive where it takes you know it's going to take you years to develop that sensitivity i mean you know you've been you've been training for how long now at a very elite level and and oh. you know I, I would submit that you're probably still you know trying to feel out that sensitivity for sure and i degree. mess it up all the time mm -hmm. like i know better and this is where i get like the more you know <laughs> the more likely you are to mess it up yeah because i can excuse it rationally as like no i need to train three times a day because i know the people i'm going to face in the next competition are training three times right. a day and i forget to just go i'm not them i need to actually listen to how how many times i can recover from training as opposed to how many, how much work can I get in? How much work can I recover from is usually the answer mm -hmm. or the question that should be. And not very many people are capable of recovering quickly, especially when you get older. Like over the age of 40, things start to slow down. You're not going to be able to handle the types of exercises and, and training loads and training durations that you did in your 20s. Yeah. And, you know, plus the benders that go along with it. Right. Like you just, it just goes away. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That's how <laughs> you just you know, can't. You're, you're not. Yeah. Um, and I think you know we've got quite a few guys that are that are on that at that forty mark and, and even above that. So, looking looking specifically within that demographic, I mean, what are some aside from kind of resetting your zero and and having realistic expectations? You know, what are what are some options that you would recommend for the for those guys? You know, especially that maybe aren't going to sign up for a regular gym membership and just be going to to your planet fitness or whatever and it's like hey they realize they need to get fit they want to get fit mm -hmm. Wh what direction would you push them towards well i think for home fitness these days is very viable like with you know even homemade equipment or just some ingenuity mm -hmm. and you know no more than like a couple hundred dollars on equipment and somebody could get essentially as fit as possible i, I mean barring some restrictions right i always joke that if you put me in you know a 12 by 12 room a cell as it were like I could come out of there a monster if I was dedicated enough. Therefore, the limitation isn't in any, you know, access to gym equipment or access to specialty things that is access to your own creativity. Mm, what can, how can I create, you know, the desire and the purpose to want to do this thing? Because that like when I sit in a hotel room when I'm traveling or, you know, traveling with clients, that's one of the things that we go over. Like, hey, man, we're I, this just happened. We're in the middle of nowhere, Romania. And we're in a ski resort. There is no gym. Like there's only a house with a shitty tile floor and 12 by 12 space. 
well, we figured it out. And I, because we're creative and we're motivated, mm-hmm. I don't think I've been that sore in years. Really? It was one of the worst, most horrendous <laughs> training sessions I've had because, because of the limitations. Right. right. I need to make this hard because we haven't trained like consistently or we haven't had access to certain equipment. Therefore, we have to make it up. And yeah. I've, that more times than not is like putting me in a place where I have to figure it out is the best way to do it. For people who are unmotivated because they don't have equipment – understand that sometimes it's just an educational process learn an exercise like there, there's plenty of videos out there and information towards body weight training mm-hmm. now it doesn't mean you have to be the, doing backflips and circus tricks uh there's some viable options for you know increasingly or progressively difficult push-up variations and squat jump variations and single leg stuff yeah. and handstand push-ups once you can some of the stuff that i mean oh my gosh like some of the dumbest most like frustratingly anger inducing workouts and that these guys have have put me through personally have just been simply body weight stuff and and you realize you know you think you're pretty strong and you think you're good at things until you start adjusting the parameters and realize like oh man i can't make my body do what i want it to do that's, I mean, it's very, very humbling. Sometimes an exercise is just a training lever, like how much stress I can put on this one position. Therefore, you can make anything difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just whether that difficulty serves a purpose. And when I say like when telling people how to like set up, you know, an environment or a home gym or something, I say purpose is the most important part behind it. You want to build something purposeful. Just abstractly putting things together doesn't really work. But if I find... Oh, I'd like to be able to do that activity, handstand, push-up, whatever, walk on my hands, um, squat jump variation. I want to be able to jump on a 40-inch box. Now I suddenly have a blueprint and schematic and desire and purpose to be able to you know, set about some of those goals. They're mm-hmm. arbitrary, but jumping on a box does help you be more mobile, helps you be more explosive. It helps with very specific aspects towards being a better human being, albeit in a very you know, arbitrary box. But at least there's a purpose behind it. Sometimes when I just stand in an empty room and I'm tired and I don't know what to do, it's not because I'm tired. It's because I have no purpose to not be tired. Therefore, I need to figure out the purpose. Therefore, you get the energy to do it. And yeah. I think a lot of people feel this. I, I, I think you really touched on something that, that, that it seems very kind of – minimal and would be easy to just kind of cast that aside Mm. but that notion of like oh man i don't i just i just don't have the energy to do it and it's like you you know what i mean it's like okay are you at a such a severe caloric yeah yeah what is what is energy right right and it's like are you so calorically deficient that you can't perform a movement sure or are you just mentally not motivated to actually make your body move because there's a big difference between the two i mean i have been so depleted sure. that it's like I literally could not do anything that I wanted to. Yeah, the where is that fainting, the case? All, like that—that that could be one thing. Like I haven't fueled myself properly. Again, your fault. I haven't slept enough. Again, you're in control of these things. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too this. I'm too that. A lot of this is just organizational or logistic problems. Yeah, eating at the right time, finding the right time to train. Um, once you figure those out, this is this is the. The problem with problems is that if people didn't have them, they would go crazy. So we just create more problems on top of other problems Uh because that excuse of one problem lets me not deal with another problem. Yeah. I think seldom do we recognize that our brain is actually engineered to solve problems. It it can't help itself. This is why if you've ever tried to meditate (laughs) – for the very first time and for a very long time, it's incredibly difficult because your mind, you can't make it shut up. It's so hard. And so we just keep spinning our wheels, keep spinning our wheels. And, you know, mentally we spin our wheels so we're exhausted mm. and then are no longer motivated to actually, you know, if we're going to refer to a bike, spin the wheel. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a, it's a for sure. It's a difficult concept to, you know, put into because it's a lifetime conversation about why are, why are you taking care of yourself mm-hmm. I, there's lots of reasons like longevity uh i don't have to pay you know exorbitant insurance fee like any arbitrary stupid thing you could come up with um but the real purposes are underlining i think i mean and i when you look at your kids or you look at your family or you look at you know people you want to spend time with 
some of the most inherent purposes for, for staying in shape is for somebody else. Yeah. And like, I want to be there for my kids when they are, you know, in their twenties, which means I will logically be in my sixties or seventies. That means I, I don't want, well, a, I just have a, a real insecurity with the idea of people having to take care of me. Yeah. And therefore, or obesity is not part of that equation or, you know, not being as mobile as I can, not being mm. as active as I can, not actually taking my health into consideration because I'm just insecure about it. Like yeah. the, the idea of me being in a nursing home is revolting. Yeah. Therefore, I, I, I've tried to like, I, so my wife won't fly. Like it's not going to fly with my wife, but I've got a pact with my little brother mm. that is like, look, dude, when I get to this point, man, you, you're going to take me out. Sure. You know? And up until that point, I'm going to try to delay that process as long as possible. Mm -hmm. And it is a selfless act in some, in some cases. It's just, I don't want to be a burden for somebody else. Right. So therefore I take, I learned to take care of myself. I learned to be, um, as capable as possible because if I can help somebody else, that means, you know, I'm, I'm an asset. I'm not mm -hmm. a liability. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a huge point. And I think that that it's, it's just a different framework of how we look at fitness. And I think that's where people, people miss the mark, right? Is they just, there, there's a lot of reasons not to, and the way to, to kind of convince yourself and get over that hump is we have to train, change the framework of, of how we're approaching our fitness, how we're looking at fitness, how or training or whatever you want to call that. It's like, okay, up here, how do I, how do I, shift because what I'm doing right now, the way I'm thinking my habits, whatever those things are, are not getting me where mm -hmm. I want to go. And obviously if I continue to do that, I'm still never going to get there. So how do I, how do I create that mental shift, um, internally, right? Cause mm -hmm. it's like, look, man, you can hire a coach and that guy can get in your face and mm -hmm. scream at you. But the second he looks away, yeah, that's still it's that's still an apart. external motivation. Yeah, and we're looking for internal motivation, like reasons that are philosophical in nature. I'm doing this because I believe this. Mm -hmm. Everything else is like, oh, I just watched an Instagram video and this guy did a kickflip in over a car, and I, that's inspiring. You're like, no, that that's just like a I I wish I was known for that. It's superficial, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I wish people liked my trick that I did, and that doesn't last because while you know, that person that learned it may have been motivated at one point. He has some belief in himself. He wants to be able to do this because he wants to prove to everybody he can. It's a very mm -hmm. internal driver. We need to find those internal drivers because motivation is superficial. Yeah. I can only watch Rocky four like 10 times before I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm as, I'm as pumped up as I'll ever be. I can only listen. <laughs> I can only listen to the, the lose yourself. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. From Eminem, like so many times on loop before I kind of, I've switched. lost that training boat. I listen to Adele. Hello. You know, I, I did a podcast earlier today <laughs> and, and you'll appreciate this uh, for task and purpose. And apparently with, with their, with their show, they have this thing where they play you out on a certain song. They're like, Hey, pick a song. And at the end of it, we're going to play this. And I was like, there will only be three people that are going to appreciate this mm -hmm. because that's so hello by Adele is the song that I went out to. It's, it's the ultimate training montage. <laughs> we had a, we had a joke. We had a, um, we had a fitness challenge, I guess you could call it between uh, a couple friends of mine across actually a couple of different countries. Mm. Um, somebody was asking, we, we use the machines, a, a concept Two rower mm -hmm. quite often, a concept Two ski erg and a concept Two bike erg. Mm -hmm. And so we do our own form of like, you know, indoor triathlon. Yeah, and no, I know. I taken, was there. I've done it. It was, you've taken part of this. Awful. Well, so one of the jokes behind it was like how to make it harder. So it's, <laughs> It's a it's a two hour workout where you're trying to go as far as possible on the split between these three different machines. So a big factor is the transition time, and another factor is the motivation to continue doing it. And so we thought, what would make it harder um, was not to make it longer or to go faster was to just listen to Adele Hello on repeat. Mm -hmm. Somebody did it. Psychological war warfare. I mean, that's yeah. profound. Their score was significantly lower than everybody else. Really? <laughs> I would. I would love to do some like statistical analysis. Like, let's really see how much like the the choice of music. Patsy correlates Klein motivation. Oh my gosh, yeah, that'd be bad. Wow. But it shows. I mean, it, it highlights how finicky we are in our motivation and and in the in, like the 
environmental it's gotta factors. It's got to be the right song, bro. Yeah. I got to have my playlist. Well, how many people? How many people phone it in? They're like, oh, dude, I left my headphones at home. I can't work out today. Oh, for sure. Or how- yeah, I forgot my pre-workout. I forgot this. And if that's your driver, it's just not enough to stay consistent. And so. Uh, we all like, I mean, any help we can get at first, sure. we're all for it. I'm not saying that people shouldn't use coffee and like things to stimulate their mm-hmm. workout and get better at it. But if you're not going to do it because that thing isn't there, you should really question the purpose behind why you're doing it. Yeah. And, and, and I think overarching, that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. takeaways for me is like kind of questioning everything and, and, you know, taking a real look in the mirror as far as what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and having that, that introspective moments where we, we tend to never want to do that. Like we are, right. as a culture, we are notoriously bad at really this self-evaluation of like, okay. And, and recognizing like, you know what, man, you're right. I, I realized this the other day. Um, I got a, I got a package of supplements from, from someone mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, I've got to work out extra hard now. Cause I've got all these things. And it's like, what really do you is that gonna make a huge difference because i know in in my mind like the the any any physiological change that that's gonna induce Mm -hmm. is gonna be minimal there is you know you take take some supplements and that sort of thing there is some benefit right but the man it, it was really i was like oh shit i need to i actually went out in my garage for the first time in I don't know, probably several weeks and started throwing around kettlebells and stuff. Cause now I had, now I had this secret sauce and well, that, this is the downfall of our business model. I, I probably shouldn't admit this, but like our whole message generally stems from you. You do not need anything, right? You have everything. As long as you have an able body and an able mind, you can explore whatever realm of fitness you want to. You don't need supplements. You don't need special sports supplements. You don't need um, a fancy gym. You don't need fancy shoes or equipments or belts or, I you know. I need those Lululemons, bro. Dude, now it's Gymshark pants. Man. They Is highlight that the butt perfectly. Really? And oh, see, I'm, I'm way behind. If you don't need that, you don't even need me to tell you what to do. You can just go do something. There's... I know I, I do need you. <laughs> Still. I really I, do. I appreciate that. But eventually, <laughs> one day, hopefully, you won't. Hopefully. I, in, in which case, man, we really bought ourselves out of the market by trying to <laughs> right. have nothing. Worst right. business model ever. In which case, like, if you think you need something, like, you're probably just being sold to. Now, there's stuff that helps. And the, the, we're not saying, like, don't buy Beats headphones or you can listen to your favorite music while you train. But there's a lot of things, like, supplements are being sold to you tell you need this. You have to, to no, this not way. even you need it. You must have this yeah. or else you're just pissing in the wind. Or and- need the super secret ninja training plan that yeah. has, like, all the, you know, all the new hotness. Yeah. I mean, I need to do what, you know, this, th- whoever this person is, whoever the, the number one guy is, I need to do, I need to do Matt Frazier's workout, bro. It's like, <laughs> Hey, fun fact. You can't, you can't do Matt Frazier's workout. Sure. I haven't. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's another us, question in mind when we try to get fitness programs <laughs> and we're like, Oh, I'm just going to get the best guy in the world. And it's like, you haven't looked at what the, you know, 20 plus years he's been training made yeah. up to let him allow him to do that. Right. Uh, there's a really famous running coach, Steve Magnus. He's a great book on uh, the science of running. If people are interested in developing running fitness, I would suggest going getting that book uh, because it's it's very cut through the BS. Get to the point of like what makes somebody vibrant five running. fingers. Yeah, for Shoes sure. Is what you need for running. That's how you open the book. It says it's just a picture of vibrant five fingers. Um, <laughs> but he essentially looks at like I mean they had this big argument one time online about somebody set a you know a marathon world record and people were looking at like you know oh what was the workout city did to get to that and he's like guys you're missing the point what what were his lifestyle like for the past 10 years that led to his ability to even do the workouts that led to the marathon world record and it turned out like he tracked down he's like look at these abilities and one of them was his pace on an 800 meter he did 2800 meter repeats at, at sub 50 oh. sec or uh, was it 850 oh, oh a minute gosh. i think it was a minute 40 something split and you're like that that's not just the ability to run fast it's the ability to run fast repeatedly so many times so many times in a row yeah and within fractions of a set like he he will say like it's not the physical ability it's the sensitivity he has to knowing how fast he is uh, and sustaining that like that is mind-blowing uh, yeah but people like oh i'm just gonna go do that work you can't yeah 
You can't no do chance. that workout. It's not the same thing. Right. And, and you know, to, to kind of rewind back, talking about supplements and stuff, I, there's nothing wrong with taking. There's actually nothing wrong, in my opinion, with getting a boost from whatever that is. Maybe you look at so-and-so's Instagram and you get super psyched up and yeah. you go to the gym. I think the key is recognizing, mm-hmm. like, okay, a- am I super motivated or am I using these things to motivate me? And if I am, let's be real. Let's be honest with that. And let's start plumbing the depths and see where else I can, because eventually that's going to fail you. Eventually yeah. all the fitspo in the world just isn't going to get you going. It could. You- yeah, so like one thing I look at, if people are looking at Instagrams or, you know, whatever the, the media is and they're which, saying, which by the way, uh, which, what. Where, if people want to follow you on Instagram, oh. where do they look? Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Where, where's you're, my? You're, you're at Grit and Teeth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so that's my personal one. Gosh. And then. <laughs> you're, you're so terrible. I meant to ask you, like, hey, man, is there anything you want to, like, pit, pitch, pitch or push during this? Like, we're. I'm telling people not to buy things. I know. Um, the, so we, you know, our, uh, my personal one's at Grit and Teeth, and then our um, company that uh, we own that kind of talks, highlights this physical nature of stuff mm-hmm. is a nonprofit that's with a ph so n o n p it's very clever p r o p h e t um on instagram it's underscore nonprofit underscore um which which by the way if if you want to really man oh like i guess I yeah you could yeah go here check that out um if you go to the website uh when you get there you're going to see a lot of white space that's okay uh <laughs> Uh, we do have stuff there. You can there, there is that. stuff, and, and in particular, I think for a lot of the people here, what what you may find useful, um, it, it's all very enlightening. If you go to the bottom and you start looking at some, one, you can see some of the workouts. Mm. You you, um, you chronicle yep. some of the workouts that, yep. that we do, but more importantly, it's the ideology behind the workouts. And for me, going through that, I was like. Man, this is profound. Like these guys are really putting out information in the realm of fitness and, and arguably in life and philosophy that I, I think I, I think you guys may not recognize how valuable that is. Well, it's I, free, so we obviously don't. Clearly, you don't. Yeah, no. I mean, it's totally free. That's the thing that blows me away. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, and 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 I would just say go check it. Go go check that out. I mean, there's really good stuff to kind of hopefully reframe the way that you look at training and fitness um, and hopefully finding a way to make that useful. That's the, yeah. the hard part is like taking that. Cause you got sure. your guys' stuff is like really yeah, the, the real world application. We always get like, yeah, all this like introspection is cool, but what do I do on Monday? Right. And it comes like, we try to dissolve <laughs> all prescriptions. No, there, no prescription will save you. But once you realize that, what do I do on Monday? Like, what do, what do I do? But, with but the for gym? real though, yeah. like, I just need to know what am I going to do? Yeah. What's I mean, the workout today? It's like, bro? we're telling people, okay, like, it doesn't matter if you do back squats at five by five at 80%. It doesn't matter if you run a 5K every day. When you show up on Monday, ask a good question, do a good training session, and see if they reflect upon each other. So, um, if you want to learn something, find somebody to teach you that thing. This is why people hate you because you never give like full on answers. Dante's triathlon. Try that workout. That, that's oh, my there you go. That, that just needs to be the go-to. But like, oh, you know, you want to work out? Here yeah. I got one. It's two hours. <laughs> it's as many calories as you can possibly do. Split on between these, three split machines. Split between three machines. It's and if you don't have access to those machines, you can do um, lunges, burpees, and air squats. Push-ups. How do you do the same number sequence? So instead of calories, you just do the same number? If you, if you want to hurt. <laughs> uh, like, well, how would you break that up? Uh, probably Gosh, the same that sounds way. awful. Sets of 50, probably, like oh 50s my. of each. So, yeah, uh, the, the answer is always like, I mean, we try to stay away from answers, but when it comes down to it, we definitely have something you could do to have an experience, and you would know what we're talking about when we talk about capability. Most people look at something like a two-hour nonstop workout, and they go, oh, like they start to question whether they could even finish it. I did. I like yeah. flat out. I, sure. I was we like, tricked you. I didn't tell you you were doing it. You just came in and well, you just said we were going to do a long effort. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Which generally speaking is like, well, if you go long, it'll be generally, it'll be pretty easy, right? It's just slow and steady. Um, you got a question. Can you guys post the website and such after the feed? Yes. Yeah, well, we can do that. Um, that's too easy. It's super easy, man. Gosh, <laughs> come on. I, um, I do have a business card that says you? nonprofit on one side and on the other it says google.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, we make I, it really easy for people. Oh, man. I, I love to send people to ju- you just like <laughs> – Let me Google that for you. Let me you. Google that That's for my you. Favorite. It's, so favorite, yeah. it's so good. It's so good. I, You know, honestly, I have really admired the the avant-garde approach to, mm. to business that you guys have. We actually – I borrowed <laughs> that a little bit recently. You guys may have seen mm. on Valentine's Day where limited time only, everything in the store doubled the price. Yes. That, was, that was inspired by these guys. Yeah. Um, so if you, For Black Friday. Yeah. yeah. If you hated that, uh, you can think – <laughs> Michael and Mark and and I think actually Keegan maybe had some influence in that as well. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely a shout out to Keegan for his ingenuity. Yeah, um, helping us not sell things, helping us not sell things. You know, which is the name of the game. Well, man, we I, I don't even know. I wasn't even keeping tracking track of time. <laughs> um, we didn't even really do like a legitimate. Hey, everybody, we're live with Savage Gentlemen. Um, we right just we it. just got right into it, Is man. It really we didn't mess it? around. It's been an hour. Yeah, it's been an hour. That's amazing. Seriously, that's absolutely amazing. So, it's t- in terms of the podcast, because I'm going to edit the shit out. Of it. Actually, sure. I'm only going to edit a little bit. I think I think it was pretty clean. Okay. Um, maybe put some intro music. We'll see. Um, <laughs> in terms of the actual podcast, I think that that was it. As far as the live feed, which are two separate things. Mm. Um, if you guys have any any last follow up questions for Michael, um. In terms of fitness, whatever, aside from like, hey, what should I do for do on my Monday? Workout? What should I do on Monday? The answer um, is Dante's triathlon. Dante's triathlon. Read about it. No, actually, I'll um, I'm gonna put this here right now. Um, so now we're 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 off the record. We're just going live. All right. Um, so off the record. Off the record. It means none of this is being recorded. Well, it's still being recorded. I'm just going to edit it out. Yeah, this okay. is this is like the goodie behind the scene for the guys within right. the league. Of so Saturday this is where Saturday. we really get in trouble. This is where, oh, man, it can go off the rails really oh. fast. Stick around. <laughs> www.nonprofit.media. Yeah. Not .com, where people often mess up. True. Let's see. Boom. So we do that, not make things easy. 